pastor has asked me to speak tonight, and I'm going to continue on in the filters of uh, God speaking to us. Uh, he, we, as we spoke on Sunday, also having a peace and contentment in your life. Wednesday nights, we've been going through these filters, processing the voice of God through. God, is this your prompting truly? Is this prompting truly from you? Uh, second week was, is the voice scriptural? Third, is it wise? Last week, he spoke on, is it in tune with my own character and my wiring, which is a great uh, series. Um, if you didn't hear that one, that one was really good because all of us are wired and, and created differently in, in God's image. Um, and then tonight, I want to speak on what do the people that I trust most think about what God has shared with me and what God has done in my life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us in the next few minutes. Father, that your word would come across as you want it to come across, to touch hearts, to minister to lives, and that we would just take this and use it for your glory. Father, challenge us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. It's interesting that uh, we want God to speak to us, but so many times when God speaks to us, then we, we get afraid. You know, God says, do this, and then we, oh, I don't want to do that. Um, and so tonight I want to speak about uh, sharing with those that you trust in your life, that they can come alongside and they can help and they can encourage. I'm also guilty of this. God has, has at times spoken to me, and I've shied away from what God wanted me to do. And um, so it's just, it's just something that we're fearful to step out into a new area of our lives, our spiritual lives, because we're afraid that, you know, if I mess up, then all these people are going to see me, right? And then, you know... That's it. Now, if you go to the Old Testament, what did they do to the prophets when they didn't tell a correct prophecy? Uh, there you go. They were stoned. We're not going to do that in this church, okay? <laughs> so just, just, just take it easy and, and listen to the voice of God. Um, God will give direction, and he'll help us as we go. Uh, a couple of scriptures in Proverbs. 1, 5, it says, A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will increase. Uh, will acquire wise counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. Twelve fifteen says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs nineteen twenty says, Listen to the counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. Proverbs 24, 6, for the wise guidance you will, for by guide, I'm sorry, for by wise guidance you will wage war, and in the abundance of counselors there is victory. Proverbs, we know, is the wisdom book, and so we can see a number of uh, verses. There's some others that I didn't quote um, that you can see about counselors and those who come alongside that help us. You know, that's why we have a mom and dad. Or maybe you just had a mom or a dad or somebody, whoever raised you, to give you counseling along the way. We're, we're right now looking at colleges for my daughter and trying to give her some wise counsel. And uh, i tell you what, it's, it doesn't just start, you know, when they're babies and end when they turn 18 and leave the nest or go to college or whatever. No. You know, I still seek the advice of my parents and uh, those who are above me. And we need that. Even with, even, uh, ever have a Jehovah Witness come to your house? Yeah, every once in a while. I haven't seen him in a long time. And um, 
It might be because they have a sign out, Jehovah Witness, stay away. No. You know, they have others that, that you know, put signs out there. But um, no. And whenever you see one, you see what? Two. Yeah, they're always together. And that is for uh, accountability and for encouragement. And this scripture that I just, well, that I'm going to read in just a few seconds, talks about that. It talks about that. Accountability and encouragement. And we need that. Accountability in our own lives. And at times we need to be encouraged by those who are around us. It doesn't hurt to ask, you know, whenever you do something, we always do it that tomorrow. There's going to be a, a meeting with the four of us who spoke on Sunday with Pastor, and we're going to debrief and talk about what we did good, what we didn't do go so good. So hopefully the second will be a little bit shorter uh, part of that. Mark chapter 6 tonight, though, verse 7 through 13. And he summoned the twelve, and he began to send them out in pairs, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And he instructed them that they should take nothing for their journey except a mere staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but to wear sandals. And he added, do not put on two tunics. And he said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. Any place that does not receive you or listen to you, as you go out from there, shake the dust off the soles of your feet for a testimony against them. They went out and preached to, that men should repent. And they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. And as I said, this scripture, as I was looking at it a, a little bit in depth, um, it talks about the accountability and the encouragement. And that's why God sent them out, two by two. It's okay to talk to someone about what God is telling you. The Scripture tells us that they were sent out two by two. There was accountability and encouragement as they went. And could you imagine, as you're going out, Jesus has just told us, okay, listen, you guys are going to go out two by two. You're going to go into these cities, and you're going to cast out demons. You're going to pre preach repentance, and you're going to heal the sick. Now, if I'm walking along the road, Peter, man, this is a big task that God, that Jesus has given us. Are you up for this? How about you go first, and then I will go second? Yeah, we're all like that. You know, if we're going to witness, you go first and I'll go second. I'm sure that they had some conversation like this because they were new to the ministry. They were really new to the ministry. Um, they went into the towns, and if you look, Mark chapter 3, this is Mark chapter 6 that I read. Mark chapter 3 is when they're called into the ministry. So there's only three chapters. Mark 3, 13 through 15, and he says, And he went up onto the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve, so that they would be with him, and that he would send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. In Mark chapter 3, they're called. In Mark chapter 6, they're going. That's not a whole lot of time. I was trying to find that, that time distance. I couldn't find it anywhere. But as they're going, Jesus has told them, this is what I want you to do. I want you to preach to people to repent. I want you to anoint them and lay your hands on them that they would be healed. And then I also want you to cast out some demons. Wow. 
That's quite a ministry. Do you think you could do that? Some of you are shaking your head no. If Jesus has, has told us that we can do that, then we can do that. If God tells you that you can do something, you can do it. But lots of times it comes down to fear. And the nice thing was is that they did have somebody with them. I remember one of the first times I went out and witnessed, it was on a Thursday night, and Pastor, had when, when he was over to youth, he had like a Danny Duvall or one of these evangelists come into our church and preach on evangelism. And uh, then we went out that night. He says, okay, we're going out. I didn't know we were going out. We're going out. And we went out, and we were paired up two by two, and we went, and, and that was the first time I ever shared the gospel with somebody. Later on, then as I went into Bible college and teach on evangelism, got into evangelism, and we had to learn evangelism, it became more easy. The more times did it. We used to do uh, telephone evangelism, and we would call people. It was one of the ministries that I was over while I was down at Swaggart's, and we would call people up and just kind of go through a little survey and then ask if we could share the gospel with them in a nutshell. And we would. We'd lead people to the Lord. And, uh, but we would go out on Saturday mornings. We'd go over to LSU, Louisiana State University, and, and two by two, we would witness to different people, and we were sent out, whatever God wanted. God can do things that we don't sometimes see. There was one night, I told you about this telephone evangelism, and there would be sometimes 60 students in this room with all these telephones, and they'd be calling people up. We'd go right down the street. We had the ability to have their telephone numbers, call them right down the street. And uh, I, like I said, I was in charge of this. And one night, this guy named Gene, he was a great kid. He was uh, crippled in both of his hands and his feet, one of the most godly guys that I'd ever known. And, and one night, all of a sudden, he's standing up on his chair, which does swivel, and he is just screaming, ah! Yeah, he's shouting hallelujah. He's going, I'm like, what is going on with Gene? He led somebody, or he uh, helped somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit over the phone. Okay, now there is a God if you can do that. And I come over, I come running over to him. I said, Gene, what is going on? He goes, I just prayed and this person got filled with the Holy Spirit on the phone. And he was all excited. God can do things if we allow him into our life and to work in our life. And God can help us. And sometimes it helps when we have somebody along. Jesus gave them the authority that they might go out to preach the gospel, to pray for the sick, to cast out demons. And they went out two by two. And where they went, they had great rejoicing when they came back because they did those things. They might not have known it at the time, but we know that these 12 men would later shake the world. They would change it to what we know it is today, to where the church is today. And aren't you thankful for those 12 men? We don't see where they had done any miracles before chapter 6. For them to understand all that they would do, I don't see it in those few chapters, 3 through 5. I don't know about you, but... I would like to have been one of those to go out and to see that, to walk with Jesus for three years, to have that accountability and encouragement. We all have done something for the first time, whatever it happens to be, and we need to go and just ask. Remember when you took a job for the first time or maybe it's a new job? 
And they tell you, come up, and this is what you're supposed to do. My first job was as a shipper for a dental supply company. And the gentleman who taught me the job, true name, his name was Bob Barker. He was about as old as the other Bob Barker. Great guy, little guy. And there was times when he would just kind of leave me alone, and I would do it. And, and every once in a while, I'd have a question and say, hey, Bob, how do, how do I do this? And he'd come along, and he'd help me. He'd encourage me. One of, the, one of the greatest teachers that I ever had was him because he taught me some things that later on in my life, he was kind of uh, prophetic at that time. And he shared with me, he goes, learn how to type. This was before computers and all that kind of stuff. He goes, learn how to type because you're going to need it later in life. And I did because when computers came along, I knew how to type. And it was really because of Bob that I did that. He was an encourager. He was an instructor. He was one that came into my life. So at times we're going to have people who are going to come alongside and help us, but there's other times when God speaks to us, and that's what I want to talk about tonight, when we want to go and talk to somebody else about it. Seek wise counsel. I'm sorry, seek wise and godly counsel. I did this back when I was 23 years old. I felt called into the ministry and... and I'm not going to get into all that. And so I, I decided that I had sent resumes or uh, applications to three colleges, Jimmy Swagger Bible College, North Central, and Central. And I went to Pastor Mark, Pastor MC, and some of the other pastors on staff at this church at that time. And I talked to them about it, and I said, help me to make a decision. My desire, my desire was to go to Jimmy Swagger Bible College. And, and so they asked me that. All three of them asked me, or all four of them asked me, you know, what is your desire? And I said that. And I said, is this a wise decision? And we sat, each of them, for about a half an hour, and we talked about it. And um, all of them said, we feel like this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I asked them then to pray after that. I said, if you get a check in your spirit, I said, please come back and let me know. And uh, none of them did. And they encouraged me to go. But it was a time when I really, really, really wanted to know that this was God's direction in my life. And so I went to them and I asked them to, to help me with this decision. And it doesn't show a lack of faith to get wise counsel. It shows wisdom to go and get wise counsel. There have been ministries that have gone off track because they didn't seek wise counsel. They didn't seek wise counsel. In 1 Chronicles 21, verses 1 through 4, it says, Then Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and to the princes of the people, Go number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring me word that I may know their number. Joab said, May the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they, as they are. But my Lord the king... Are they not all my Lord's servants? Why does my Lord seek this thing? Why should we be a cause of guilt to Israel? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed, and he went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. And if you know this story, great story, go back and read this chapter again, verse, or chapter 21. You'll see that Joab came to him. God had told him, do not count the people. They're all my people. 
And so David comes to him and he says, listen, I've got a job for you. I want you to go and count all the people. And Joab says, listen, I don't think this is a wise thing, king. He goes, God has spoken to us and told us not to do this. David says, no, I've told you we we're going to go and count the people. I want to know. His problem was pride. His problem was pride. And that is one of the biggest downfalls of getting spiritual wisdom is pride. When that comes in, it shuts off then the ears to listen to what others have to say. And so Joab ended up doing what David told him to do. And then God, it says, God was angry. God was angry. And as you read the rest of that chapter, then God speaks to uh, the seer, the prophet. He doesn't speak to David. And I thought that was really interesting, that when God wants to speak to him now, he goes to the prophet and he says, I want you to go and talk to David. I don't know if God was angry with David because of what he did or anything like that, but it says God spoke to the prophet to go and talk to David because he didn't listen to the wise counsel. And he gave him three options. And God, or David said, I'll take three days in the hands of God. And I think it's one of the, for me, it's always been one of the most heart-wrenching scriptures that you see that there were 70,000 70, men who were killed. And it says, David saw the angel with a sword in his hand between heaven and earth. Wow. Because David made one decision, 70,000 men lose their life. Could you live with yourself? I know I couldn't. But David was a man after God's own heart. He loved God. He didn't listen to the wise counsel of Joab. 70,000 men die because of it. And David sees the angel. Wow. Church, this is why we need to have godly people, people around us. That's the reason why we have small groups in this church. We don't just have them so that we can have small groups or say that we have small groups. It's the church within the church. It's the small church and the big church. That you can go and you can have accountability, that you can have somebody speak into your life so that they can know you a little bit better. Pastor Mark can't get to know all of you personally and know every intimate de detail of your life. Now, if you put it on Facebook, he will know the intimate things about your life. I don't necessarily recommend it, but some, of, some people do. I was going to say some of you do, but I don't know. I don't get on there so much. That's why we have small groups. There are times when I just need to talk to somebody about what's going on in my life, what maybe God has spoken to me about, what direction he's pointing me in. And so I have those people in my life. Kim is one of them, my wife. I have men of God that I trust who are ministers and sometimes people in this church that I have gone to and just ask for their direction, ask for their wisdom, ask for their counsel. The voice of reason at times, it brings accountability, and that's why we go to them. If this is not of God, I want to know it. Help me to know it. I have had people tell me things that I did not think that it was God that was speaking to them. I remember when I was in college, I was a floor leader, and I was just walking down the hall one day, and we had a prayer room on our floor, and this gentleman came out, and I just said, hi, how you doing? He goes, fine. He goes, I'm leaving college. And we were maybe three weeks into that semester, 
And I said, oh, really? I said, what's the problem? He goes, God just spoke to me and told me to go back home and marry my girlfriend. And yeah, see, you did the same thing I thought, but I didn't, I didn't do it verbally. I said, really? And I said, and so we stood there and talked. And I said, where's your girlfriend? We were down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He said, my girlfriend's up in Wisconsin. I said, does she know this? He goes, no. He goes, God just spoke to me. I said, are you going to call her? He goes, no, I'm going to drive home. I'm going to tell her that we're supposed to get married. Oh, don't you wish that you were there that day? <laughs> I really did. I thought, hmm, I would have loved to have been there to hear that conversation. That was before cell phones and everything. I, I have no idea what happened in that situation. But I tried to talk him out of it. I said, did God call you down here? Yes. Did God tell you to go to school here? Yes. Are you supposed to be here this semester? Yes. So why are you leaving? Because God told me to go and marry my girlfriend. That's kind of like, you know, maybe take a day and pray about it. There's God's will and there's God's timing, and we need to figure those things out. He left that day, packed up all of his stuff, and I went to the, the dean of men. I said, well, I have one guy that's leaving. I have one guy that's leaving and, and told him the reason why. And there wasn't anything that we could do. There wasn't anything that we could do for him. We need that counsel because it brings encouragement. If someone comes to you for counseling about something that you really feel it's of God, then we should encourage them in it. We should encourage them in it. Just had somebody in my office a couple of weeks ago, and they really felt like God had told them to, to do something in our community. And I am behind them 100%. This thing is bothering me now. And I said, I, I told him, I said, listen, I will be with you, and I'm going to help you with this. We sat there for a few minutes. We talked about it. They told me why they felt that God had told them to do this ministry and, and how they were going to do it, and I was encouraged. And so I, I passed it on to them. I said, I think that this is right on. I think that you should do this, and I think God's leading in this. And um, so right now they're in the process of, of getting everything together so they can do it. There are people that come alongside us that we need to encourage, that we need to help, that need to see that there's somebody there with us to go two by two, arm in arm, to help them along the way. But let me say, don't be like those who go along and they ask somebody, hey, do you think this is a good thing? No? Okay. Hey, do you think this is a good thing? No. Okay. Hey, do you think this is good? They go from one person to another person to another person to another person until they find somebody that says yes. Don't do that. Don't just be looking for your yes. If you have people tell you no, this is not good, listen to them. Now, it doesn't hurt to go to a couple of people and ask them. As I said last Sunday, I want to hear the voice of God and I want to hear it clearly because I know that there's times when I make mistakes and I fall short. God is wanting to do great things through all of us. The things that God speaks to us can sometimes be more than what we think God can do through us. Ever get something from God and you think, man, that's just bigger than I am. Pastor Mark talked about it last Wednesday night. There are times when God gives you something that's bigger than you, and that's okay because God is bigger than us, and God can take care of those things. He can help us. He's going to be there. 
The things that God speaks to us can sometimes cause us to have fear. You know the story of Gideon? He put out the fleece. Was he wrong? No. No. He, just, he was just a little uncertain. So he decided to test this. And there's nothing wrong with it. Just don't do it every time that God speaks to you. Okay? There's been some big things in my life that I know God has spoken to me about. And I've gone and I've asked other people. I remember when we used to have prayer on Saturday nights. And um, there was one Saturday night. I was either home from college or in between churches or whatever. And um, I, was, I was just praying about um, some things. And I had been reading the Bible and about David. Or I'm sorry, and, and about Moses. And him seeing the, the glory of God. And I said, I want to see the glory of God. So I was just praying about it and um, just reading a little bit more of that scripture and everything else. And I remember sitting on the front porch of my parents' house. My, my mom, dad, they were going out the front door to go to church on Saturday night. They said, do you want to go with us? I said, no. I said, I just, I, I'm going to read a little bit more before I come to church. And, and so I, just, I kept reading that story over and over again. When I went to church Saturday night, there was a message in tongues and then interpretation, and Pastor MC interpreted it. And I, I remember it to this day. He said, I don't interpret many messages, but I felt like I was to interpret this one tonight because it was for one person. Now, I was one of the ushers that night, and I was back by the door, and so he had shared this, and, and he shared the message, and it was really, really short. And it was basically, your eyes will see the glory of God which is what I had asked for. So I thought, well, that can't be, you know, for me, but, you know, I'll take it. And the next day I remember, because I went out after church, I remember the next day um, I went and I asked my mom, wise counsel. I said, Mom, I said, what would you think of the prayer service last night? She goes, oh, I thought it was good. I said, what would you think about the message in, in tongues and interpretation? She goes, I thought that was okay. I thought it was right on. I said, Pastor MC said that the message was for one person last night. I said, what did you think about that? Now, I hadn't shared anything about what I was reading about Moses and praying about. And I said, what did you think about that? And she goes, I thought he was right. I said, and there was probably a few hundred, three or four hundred people there that night. I said, who did you think it was for? She stopped. She was washing dishes. She goes, she stopped and she looked at me. She goes, it was for you. Wow. God had spoken to her also. I, like I said, I hadn't said anything to her. I hadn't said anything to anybody of what God was dealing with me about. Gideon put out the fleece, and it's okay at times to ask. It takes time. It takes continuing to walk with God and hearing that voice, understanding that voice that we need to have in our life. Has God spoken to you about something and you did not step out in faith? Probably each and every one of us, God, at some time or another, has told us to go and witness to somebody. Am I correct? Don't shake your hands. Don't raise your hands. The answer is yes. Because God wants all to be saved. And I'm sure he has prodded each and every one of us at some time or another to go and witness to somebody, and we were mm, a little scared to go and do it. Maybe it was something even more than that. 
I know that that's happened in my life many times. That I haven't stepped out in faith because of fear. Don't let fear stop you from doing the things that God wants to do in your life. Because God wants to do great things. And the thing is, is whenever you step out in it and you do it, and finally you get to the other side, you say, man, I don't know how those words got into my mouth to share with that person. Or I don't know how it is that I prayed with them and they were healed. Or I don't know how it is that God did that through me. But he did. And he wants to do these things. But it's up to us to be the vessel that he has created that he can work through us. And like I said, don't let that fear grip you. Gideon put out that fleece, and he did the things of God. He went on and had great victory, and he did things that to take a pitcher and a horn and go and do battle, that has to be God. 300 men to beat the armies. That was God. Moses didn't want to go and deliver Israel because he had a speech problem. And he wrestled with God over that. He struggled with that. We can see that Elijah fell into a depression at one time when God called him to go and do. Jonah ran the other way and ran into a big fish. Sometimes God uses things to get us turned around. Is fear holding you back? Jesus picked 12 men to pour his life into and then to set him loose to tell the world what he had done as he went and he died on the cross. We're here today because of those men. We have the gospel of truth because of those men. We shouldn't be fearful of that. Hey, David, I'm going to switch, if you don't mind. I'm tired of messing with that thing. God, God wants to use us. God wants to use you. But when he speaks to you, you have to know that he's speaking to you. Do you understand that small, still voice? It has taken me time to, in, through my ministry of understanding that voice. Like I said, there's been times when I've fallen short, and I know that I have not heard, that I, I haven't acted on what I've heard. There's been other times, I'll be honest with you, I've heard things that I've wanted to do in ministry or whatever, and I think that it's God, and it hasn't been God. And we have to discern those things. And so at times when I've gone, I find friends that I appreciate who will listen, who will help me make decisions. I sat down with a friend just a couple of months ago, and I said, listen, I said, I'm just struggling in this area. I said, help me with this. And he did. A pastor friend of mine who I've known for many years, and he gave me some good counsel, and he said, need to do this, need to do that. And I said, thanks. Who do you have around you that you can talk to? If you can't come up with a name real quick, maybe you need to think about that. You need to get somebody in your life that you can talk to, that you can find, who can come alongside and hold you accountable, that also can encourage. I believe that God wants to use us in, in the same way that he used these 12, to go out, preach his word, to pray for the sick, to cast out demons. 
They weren't any special than us. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were just average guys that God had to get to a place to use. But Jesus spoke into their life each and every day. And God wants to speak into our lives each and every day if we'll let him. I believe that God has told everyone here tonight sometime or another to do something, and we need to step out. The more that you listen, the more that you do, I believe the more God will speak to you. Did you get that? The more that you listen, the more that you do, I believe the more that God will speak to you. Sometimes God, and I've had people tell me that they don't think that God has spoken to them. I've heard Pastor Mark say, did you do the last thing that he told you to do? If you didn't do that, he's waiting on that before he he tells you the next thing to do. Why do you think you're going to get something else? You didn't accomplish the first thing. It's kind of like my kids when it's time for, you know, their allowance. Can we get our allowance? Did you do, did you take out the trash? No. That's what I asked you to do. You do that and I'll give you the next thing. God's doing the exact same thing with us. So we need to listen. Elijah, when all of that was going on, the storms, the winds, as he stepped out, he heard that small, still voice. And we need to understand that small, still voice. How many want to hear the voice of God? How many want to be mightily used of God? It starts by listening and doing what God wants. Church, listen to God and follow him. If you need to seek counsel, seek counsel. It's okay. In fact, it's great. In fact, it'll help you. And then step out into whatever God has called you to do. And then he'll call you again, and he'll call you again, and he'll call you again. The thing is, is what he called you to do five, ten years ago, he's calling you to a higher thing to do. When David was anointed to be king, he had to go and still shepherd the sheep, and he still had to walk humbly until it was time for him to be king. God was preparing him. He was already anointed. He just wasn't appointed at that time. He hadn't come into his appointment. But God was getting him ready. And God will continue to work on you. I know my, in my own life, I want to do great things for God. But I have to do the little things first to get me ready. I have to shepherd the sheep. I have to go and do this. I have to take these men and train them. I have to do all that. Then God will say, okay, now's the time. God's telling us it's the time. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this mo- tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us in the next few minutes. Father, that you would just speak to us. Father, maybe there are some here tonight that they haven't heard your voice in a long time. And they, they want to hear your voice. Father, maybe there's some here tonight that they've heard your voice and they have not done what you've asked them to do. Father, maybe there's some here tonight who have heard your voice, but fear has stopped them from doing what you've wanted them to do. Father, I pray in the next few minutes that they would just hear you speaking to their hearts, that you would just minister to us 
in a special way tonight that we can just hear from you. So I pray, speak to us. Hopefully God has spoken to you. It's not too often that we just sit in a church and it's quiet. So many times we, in our lives, we get in a car and turn on a radio and get home, have TV on, or kids are making noise. Or We live in a world filled with noise. We need to just take some time and just listen to the voice. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just continue to speak to us. Father, these are here tonight because they want to draw closer to you. And I pray that you would just minister to their needs, touch their lives, their homes, their families. Father, I pray that you would just help us to grow, to go. Father, that as you sent the 12 out, Send us out to do great works for you, not for our own glory, but to lift up the name of Jesus. Father, I also pray that you would send those around us who are wise, who can share counsel with us. And Father, when you speak to us, that we would go and be your hands extended. Father, we would be your heart and touch people. I pray that as you speak to us, Father, we would see this community changed. Father, we would touch the world because you speak to your people. And we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the Lord. May his peace be in your heart.